Hello, friends, and welcome back to Somebody Save Us. It's a Smallville retrospective podcast where each week we take a deep dive into an episode of Smallville, the hit show from the early 2000s. And I'm Paul, and I'm joined by Steve. And this week we are talking about episode 12 of season one, Leech. Uh, It's uh, written by Tim Schlappman and directed by Greg Beeman, who's... uh, returning from previous episodes and uh it aired on february 12th 2002 and we'll get right into it right after this hey steve how's it going Uh, i'm good paul how are you great it's another recording day (laughs) it is another recording day there are kind of few and far between but we are busy busy human beings yes exactly yeah so yeah this uh yeah this one's uh just out of the gate i i like this one quite a bit just because it was like it's one of those what would you do if you had the powers of superman stories um, yeah, actually, you know what, for like a, um, it's, I guess it's not even like a monster of the week, it's it's a villain of the week kind of thing, but it's, right. uh, it's one of those, not necessarily body swap cliche kind of situations, but it's definitely Freaky a Friday. power swap thing, and, yeah. uh, and you're right, it is a, it's kind of a cool, um, trope, I guess, it's been done a few times in Superman lore. Uh, right. To give somebody Superman's powers and see how they would function differently. Right, right. And then see how, like, again, then on the opposite end of the coin, seeing how Clark really isn't, really takes his powers for granted when he's trying to deal with regular life. Yeah, yeah. Well, t- he takes them for granted, but also how he's kind of hindered by them as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's 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 some uh, some very cool dynamics in this episode. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So I guess to start to start out with the cold open, uh, I guess it's a class trip, like probably just I don't know either either like science class or whatever. But they're in the woods, um, and they're doing like a geo- geology like scavenger hunt or something. And Pete challenges Clark to find the last two pieces of rock that they need, uh, I think rose quartz and meteor rock. And, and yeah. Clark cheats. Yeah. Like immediately, <laughs> like straight up. I was like, and that's like how weirdly like of a Superman fan. I am. I'm just like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. You're cheating, hey. dude. That's not cool. Hey, boy scout. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's not a boy scout thing. No. Anyway, but he yeah, finds so- the rock. Yeah, he finds the, the rock that they're looking for immediately. Of course, he's not going to go looking for the meteor rock. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, regardless of that, like a second later, he's kind of not feeling too hot because Lana comes up from behind sporting her necklace uh, that we have not seen in a while. Yeah, okay. So we haven't seen the necklace in a while. And mm-hmm. like, uh, I mean, maybe I'm wrong and this happens like way down in the in the future, but I thought that it wasn't wasn't green anymore did that already happen or does that happen far off from that i i think that that might happen in this episode does oh, it does not? It? i didn't even know i you know what i didn't i don't remember seeing the necklace by the end of the episode i just remember seeing the box that it's in but if it goes clear then he wouldn't need the box anymore 
Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing is I think he returns I think he returns it to her, but I don't remember yeah, maybe it's not this one. I don't know. I remember it being seeing it I, go go clear. Yeah, I thought it had happened before, so I was like, is that just a major continuity problem? Um yeah, yeah. because Lana hasn't worn it since like episode two or three or what whenever uh Clark hung it on the door frame and she hasn't even worn it since then. She just took it right. back inside, assuming Whitney had given it back. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's anyway. been a, a while. But yeah, so, he, but he's not feeling so great. And uh, uh, Chloe's with her and she's complaining about why they're doing this thing at all. Like they could, she could just order the rocks online. Yeah, Chloe doesn't seem like a, a wilderness girl. Mm. But uh, I guess next we see our guest star for the app. Oh, ice man ice man coming <laughs> yeah. yeah so I but think. he cracks open yeah he cracks cracks open a meteor rock right away and goes to offer it to a classmate before her boyfriend uh with a bad brooklyn accent warns him off <laughs> <laughs> the accents in not just this one but the next episode are yeah bad, bad. <laughs> um and this is just like Smallville, and I don't know if they, I'm assuming this guy's on the football team because they don't ever really talk about like the Smallville baseball team or anything like that. But Smallville football team has a lot of assholes on it. Yeah. I mean, basically everybody who wears a Letterman jacket is a dick. Pretty much. Like, like, dude wasn't even necessarily hitting on his girlfriend. He was just like, oh, hey, you need a rock to finish it. Here you go. Like, he was just doing a nice thing. Right. But he's like, hey, Copernicus, get out of here. He's the fawns. He fawns them out of the situation. Yeah, but so he stands up for himself, though, which to his credit and the kind of jock mock uh, kind of backs off muttering that he's lucky his daddy is the teacher. Although he's not really so lucky that his daddy's the teacher because his dad te- treats him like shit. His dad's an asshole. Tells me better find every rock. And... Overhearing that, Pete says he's glad he's not his dad. And uh, I guess on the bus, like they're getting ready to go, uh, Eric is AWOL and Clark offers to go find him. And he gets off the bus and he walks like four feet. Like he's still right beside the bus. <laughs> and then he just uses his super speed. He just yeah, uses like speed. he's 100% within eye shot of every window on that bus. Yeah, just, just, eh. I'm far enough away. The the thing that kills me is like, um, what's, what's Sean at? This is Sean Ashmore. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What's his character's name in this? I keep forgetting. Kyle. Eric. Eric. Oh, Eric. Okay. So yeah. Eric's dad is like, you better find every rock on this list. Blah, blah, blah. Don't you come back unless you do. And then cut to the bus. And his dad's like, where the hell is Eric? Blah, blah, blah. blah. Like, dude, you told him to do something. He's obviously taking care of that. So, number one, we're establishing dad's a, a huge dick. Yeah. Number two, like, the speeding away thing's pretty funny. But I actually love that Eric's dad's like, will somebody go find Eric? And Clark, no hesitation, and the only person who shows any interest, I'll go get him. Like, that yeah. is, uh, uh, you know, we'll forgive the cheating because this is, like, Clark's Boy Scout moment. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 got his friendship badge for sure yeah uh eric uh meanwhile eric is like really feeling his tunes 
standing on the narrow ledge, kind of overlooking the dam. Like, he's standing, like, on the railing, basically. Was he going to kill himself? Uh, I don't know. I Like, maybe? Like, it's not but, really but... alluded to, right? But he's definitely kind of... I'm literally living on the edge at that point. Yeah. Like, right, like right, on, right on the and, edge. And he doesn't have a happy home life, and he just got humiliated in front of a girl he crushes on. Yeah. But Clark arrives, like, standing kind of a little bit below, seeing him up there, and he speeds up, calls out to him, but he's not heard, doesn't, isn't heard by him. Um, but he also doesn't get too close, because the satchel Eric is carrying is, like, full of meteor rocks. Or has a meteor rock in it. Um, it, it, it it has to have at least one in there. Yeah, I I assume because I we already know it was on the list of rocks they had to collect. Um, yeah. So I don't think he would grab an entire pouch of them. But there's there's got to be a good one mixed in there somewhere. Right. But uh, then lightning strikes like right next to the rail, and it startles Eric, and he starts to fall. And Clark like runs forward and grabs the satchel, kind of just in time. And it's obviously starting to weaken him, like, immediately, but he starts to pull him up. And he, like, Clark is basically hit straight in the heart by lightning. Oh, yeah. Like, directly in the chest. Yeah. And we see it kind of travel down through the bag. And we see kind of, like, a green glow for a minute. And then Clark is visibly struggling to pull Eric up over the railing. Which, at Uh, this point... Clark would still probably think it's just the rock. Right. Definitely right. meteor rock making him, you know, a lot a lot weaker than he normally would be. Right. But then he goes to try to pat out the kind of the 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 embers on Eric's jacket and burns his hands. <gasps> oh my god. Yeah, and he's kind of staring at his hands and we get opening credits at that point. Yes, and I sing along like always. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it seriously never fails. I can't help it. Yeah, I, I keep I keep looking at to see uh, the what changes in the credits, and I don't think anything has for a little while. You know but, what? I haven't noticed, to be completely honest, um, because yeah. I don't know if the bus hit is in there, and then there's something that happens in the lightning the in the next chest. episode that I think makes the credits as well. But we'll talk about that when we get there, because well, the lightning. Uh, yeah. Oh, the lightning yeah. thing too. You're right. It is in the credits, but it's been okay. in the credits for a little while. That's true. Yes. Uh, yeah. But uh, after the credits, uh, Jonathan's got the truck stuck in the mud, and uh, asks Clark to give it a lift, and Clark like gets it behind it, and he, you know, he's got he's got he puts one hand on it as nor has he normally does but he can't do it and so he goes okay tries with two hands and he still can't and like he ends up slipping and falling into the mud yeah and i think i think at, at one point like the truck kind of uh bumps him yeah hits him in the face. yeah it kind of buckles back into the it's sinkhole um right. blue blue truck by the way um yeah. <laughs> and one thing i noticed is like jonathan you work on a farm Next time you buy a truck, it should probably be a four by four. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now I can't say for sure that it's not, but on the interior of the truck, you never get low enough to see a shifter to see if you can load it into four. But there's right. also no four by four badging on this truck. No, no. So I we just assume it's just uh, an old farm truck that's not a four by four. 
Yes. Cla- classic, classic mistake. Huge mistake, especially like if you're going to have giant random mud holes on your farm property. It's the only part of the ground on the farm that's wet is this weird mud hole. Yeah, the only spot. Yeah. But so uh, like when Jonathan leans over to check on him, Clark's got a bloody nose. And they kind of discuss what might be wrong. But Jonathan suggests that maybe he just get on to school as normal and let them know if anything changes. But while they're doing that, the bus arrived and started to pull away. And Clark tries to go make with the speed and just kind of trots to a stop and realizes that his super speed is gone too. Yeah. We, we see how kind of unathletic Tom Welling is. <laughs> he just, <sighs> that wasn't a very good run at all. It was like, he barely tried to trot. He took like four steps. He's like, I give up. He's like, we're not going to do the effect thing where you make me look really fast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ah, shit. It's not working. Yeah. At, uh, but meanwhile, at the Summers residence, uh, Eric uh, heads down to breakfast. He kind of notices on the way down that something's up with his glasses. So he doesn't just doesn't put them on. Um and Mr. Summers says he can't wait for him because of a faculty meeting, uh, and then immediately goes on to berate him for what happened at the dam. Yeah, and, and then Eric, like, just like, talks back a little, and, like, yeah. honestly, like, a very little. He just basically stands up for himself, and his dad full out, like, takes a swing. Like, not, not like a punch, but he yeah. tries to backhand his kid at the breakfast table. Yeah, and, like, Eric's not even facing him. Like, Eric's facing away from him, and his dad goes to smack the shit out of him, and, like, Eric catches his arm. Very quickly, and with yeah. little resistance. He it, Like, like Mr. Miyagi catching a fly with chopsticks. Like, yeah, he gets it. And so there's, like, a little bit of a time dilation because now we're at school, and Clark is, like, a sweaty mess after gym class, which, which is has so obviously never happened. Yeah, he looks like he's about to die. It's so funny. <laughs> and Pete's just like, Jesus, Clark, are you going to live? Yeah, but he finds Eric in the weight room and he kind of picks his brain a little bit about how he's feeling, uh, to which Eric says he feels great. Uh, and then, like, Clark gets, like, another ble- bloody nose and he uh, he kind of starts walking away, but Eric watches him leave and then immediately just loads up the machine like to maximum weight and just doing a few like quick very easy reps yeah like, he's and i, I want to say that they show the weight stack it's like 500 pounds or something like that and i mean yeah. like I, I i could do that if i felt like it but i just like i don't i i, I just I, I was busy that day yeah i just don't feel like it right yeah like it's whatever why i was just on one of the funniest memes I saw the other day, and I know we're not going to like go on a like meme quest on this show, but one of the funniest <laughs> things I saw is just like this, uh, 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 like a tweet or something. And it was, um, if one of your bros dies at the gym, load up his weight stack and then call 911. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just so funny. Yeah. And I would, so, it's something I would do anyway. Yeah. So, but yeah, he's got like a big grin on his face. So he's already in this first morning figured out he's got like real good reaction time and super strength right away yep. so at this point he could be like okay well i'm just gonna quit school and join like a cage fighting re- like like group 
association. That's, that's, that's the plot to Spider-Man. <laughs> also, <laughs> I guess with, with all the, the glasses time, too, you wouldn't be able to. Yeah, yeah. Bone saw is ready. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. Anyway, but uh, Lana and Whitney arrive in front of Nell's shop. Whitney's struggling with his dad's recovery, and he's worried about his scholarship. Lana offers to help, uh, you know, tutor him. And Whitney notices the for sale sign in the shop window. And so Lana runs in there and is all pissed. Is asked now why she's selling it. And we kind of learn for the first time that the theater is part of the package. Yeah, the theater. The theater. The Talon. But... Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, this is kind of a subplot and I think it resolves pretty quick, but, uh, it, uh, yeah, it's sort of the, the Lana subplot for this one, kind of her, uh, there's, there's like, yeah, there's like, she's got not necessarily a direct personal attachment to, she's not even, she doesn't even really care about the flower shop. She's not even like hurt that your aunt is, I guess, going out of business, but right. she's um, more upset about the closed down movie theater um, mm-hmm. because apparently it's where her parents had their first date or or met the first time or something like that. So yeah. she feels connected to it, although there's no direct personal connection for her other than, right. I don't know, Again, that's where her parents met and eventually just, they boned and she was born. Yeah, this is just more of Lana's like very deep seated trauma. Yeah, basically. Really, that's what it is. She does um, kind of have PTSD from the whole meteor shower in- incident, and I don't think it was ever properly addressed. No, I mean, like, Nell pointed at her parents. Hey, look, there's mommy and daddy, and then they died. <laughs> I know, it's like, it's not supposed to be funny, and it would be traumatic to a small child, but the, the just the way that it plays out on screen, now looking at it in hindsight, is freaking hilarious. Yeah, they're just... They're just waving to her, <laughs> just and like then they're in a fireball. Timing. Yes. Uh, but on the farm, Clark is having to adjust to his chores, taking a little bit more time to complete. Uh, and Jonathan reminds him to take it easy. And Clark actually asks him, like, how the hell do you do this every day? Which is and, nice. Yeah. It's a and nice Jonathan's nod like, to just, like... Letting the letting people or the world know, I guess, like, yeah, being a farmer, it's a hardworking life. Jonathan is a hardworking man. He's never made any excuses. He busts his ass every day. And it's one of those things that, like you said at the beginning of the show, Clark kind of takes his powers for granted. He doesn't necessarily understand how hard being human can be. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember now, uh, in the next scene, like Lex is kind of watching the wireframe model of the car. Yeah, it starts with the, with the computer simulation, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Roger Nixon uh, is back. And I can't remember what episode he first showed up in. It may be X-Ray, but uh, um, he he's back from that episode. He basically was yeah. trying to blackmail Lex at that point. Um, obviously, Lex turned the tables on him. Um But he congratulates uh, Roger Nixon on the work, but he insists that this will remain hush-hush or else. He wants it kept quiet. Yes, well, Lex is doing Lex-type things. He's investigating Clark. Uh, The weird thing to me is that, like, what 
evidence did they use to build this computer simulation? Right. Like, it's I all think... very weird to me. Like, that computer simulation without actual, like, photographic or video evidence is all... I mean, I guess it could be physics-based. You take the impact angles of the car, what happened to the bridge, how fast Lex says he was going. But it's right. all still very unconcrete evidence. And that it also takes into account the, like, crumple on the roof where Clark hit allegedly like where the 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 simulation tries to take into account hitting a hitting a person too yeah and that's the yeah so like the whole thing is like it's already going in with like a uh an assumption yeah exactly so it's already skewing well i mean it's we know as the audience that it's telling the truth but as far as lex goes he should really be kind of punching a lot more holes into the simulation right but i think lex probably fed some of that you know, like he, he, I think he still thinks he hit Clark. And maybe, well, I think, oh, I think he's certain that he hit Clark. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so, um, but we actually cut pretty much immediately to back to the farm and Clark is bashing his thumb with a hammer as Lex pulls up in his car. Uh, and he wants to chat and he helps Clark get that board up on the, um, on the fence before he kind of, you know, he kind of gets into it. Like, he wants to talk about the accident again. And Clark is just like, fucking enough with this. Yeah, yeah. I, I, My note for this is just like, if I had a friend who started every interaction with, uh, hey, we're friends, right? At some point, I'd start to actually question if we were. <laughs> like, yeah. almost every time Lex talks to Clark, hey, Clark, we're friends, right? Like, okay, you have ulterior motives or something. Yeah. It's like, it's no longer just trying to establish that for people who are new to the show. It's, no, you're, you're trying to convince just, yourself. Yeah. Uh, but Clark tell like, Clark is pissed and he's just like, you know what? Lex, just, just hit me. Hit me with a hammer. Do it. What and if he like, did? Lex, ref- yeah, Lex, <laughs> like, Lex refuses. Yeah. Imagine if Which he did, is though. good. I mean, at least, yeah. like, Lex hasn't gone that far off the deep end. But, like, literally, what if he just, like, okay, this is my chance. And just grabbed the hammer and just right up against Clark's teeth. Oh. <laughs> like, what the Credits. Hell, Credits. Yeah, he's like, small those over. We killed cool. Clark. Yeah, he did. But Clark says he's just a normal person who tried to do the right thing. And then he walks away, leaving Lex staring after him. And it seems like maybe, maybe Lex might drop it. But uh, the next day, we see Eric kind of standing against, kind of on the street corner or whatever, staring at Holly from across the street. And uh, Pete and Chloe talking about what's going on with Clark, that he's kind of, you know, a sleepy, sleepy boy lately. And we see kind of a shady dude step out from the doorway and following Pete and Chloe, and he grabs her purse and makes a run for it. And the commotion gets Eric's attention, and he kind of super speeds to block the path of the dude. And he does the thing that Clark always does, where he basically shatters a solid object on his body. Yep. Uh, the knife, I guess. It's like uh, a checklist of like things that Clark can do. Let's make sure that he can display all those powers. Check, 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 check. 
And then he, there's like a very like conveniently placed like truck passing by with a window pane on the back of it that he it's throws so, the guy through. So like production wise, just trying to justify their stunt budget. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we got this pane of glass. We need we need our glass budget for next year. Yeah, basically. Yeah. There's such a weird scene to me because you have like uh Eric sitting on the street stalking this girl who's dating yeah. someone and then you cut immediately to this skeezy dude hiding in like like how many like weird creepy dudes are on this one street yeah and like does smallville have a big mugger problem yeah this got to be the first mugging in forever right it like it has to be right and then yeah and poor pete man pete is almost always used as like the dude to emasculate yeah because he can't do anything about it it's like every situation is like oh someone's gonna get mugged or this or that or the other thing we need someone to get pushed around to prove that this is a serious situation get pete yeah <laughs> like yeah. the poor guy <laughs> pete, pete, pete will take that yeah uh, and he does for a couple seasons anyway but yeah the uh so the guy gets thrown through that pane of glass and he kind of lands right at the feet of like holly and her boyfriend and like all the onlookers are amazed and like she kind of even gives them kind of a look like wow and then uh chloe runs over and thanks him for getting her bag back for her. now it doesn't go anywhere and it's not necessarily this scene right but there's chemistry yeah there's definitely chemistry yeah there's a little bit of something there yeah uh, i mean Underwear is getting wet. <laughs> so not not yet, but it gets there. It's damp. It's damp. Yeah, it's a little, a little, uh, little, little warm and damp out. Right. Yeah. It's 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 the humidity is what it is. Kansas uh, weather, man. I've never been to Kansas. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I have no idea. No, nope. no idea. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna try to go there. Uh, I guess. Yeah. The next scene is Clark reading the uh, paper. Uh, with the headline reading Superboy, smallest new Smallville's newest hero. I mean, nice nod, I guess. It's weird. Yeah. I kind of don't love that they gave him the name, if that makes any sense. Because, yeah. like, Superman is supposed to be the first super in the family. Right, exactly. Small little plane playing with continuity and stuff, you know. Yeah, it's it's I mean it's it, it was obviously done out of fun. It's a, it's a fun little nod, but it's one of those things where it's like, well, you're kind of cheapening what the legacy is going to be, I guess. Right. Yeah. Clark is a little dismayed that all his hiding appears to have been for nothing because uh like of the easy time Eric is having and all this other stuff. Like he's kind of a he, a hero and Jonathan admits that he thinks that Clark isn't getting his powers back, but that maybe being normal won't be so bad. And Clark kind of makes that like, says that out loud. He, he basically says thinks that it won't be so bad because since uh, they do it every day. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Like the, Annette O'Toole just nailed, like she only has two words in this scene, but it's basically just looking at Clark going, "Oh, thanks!" Like you're yeah. talking shit yeah. about us mortals over here, and she nails it. I laughed out loud. 
Yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, thanks. But Clark wheels that the, and then he kind of, he kind of, he's pretty. I don't know. Obviously sensitive about the whole thing, but he uh, worries that they'll feel different about him now and doesn't know like what to do. And they kind of try to give him a pep talk or like a pep talk before he walks away. But you know, it's just Clark moping. Uh, and then uh, at school, Pete is uh, talking up Eric, and you know Clark tries to downplay it. Um, and they get down to kind of like they're on the stairs, and they get down to the main floor of the school. And Eric shows up thanking Chloe for the story in the paper, and for like calling him Superboy. <laughs> oh, yeah! This is the scene with the chemistry because he like thanks her, and he's like giving her the eyes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just yeah. like, oh, the eyes. And she mm-hmm. lights the fuck up. Like, she loves it. Oh, you like my writing? You like this, that, and the other? Like, there, there's, oh, yeah, man. You know the electricity yeah. that Clark and Eric shared at the beginning? Nothing to these sparks. These are. This is some high voltage. And this is the last you see it in the episode. It doesn't matter after this. <laughs> yeah, because it's like she she thanks him for getting her computer back and she kind of stumbles over herself a little bit saying that she it's like her computer is her whole life and how, how that's kind of sad. And then she likes, you know, he says, he thank you for calling Superboy and all this other stuff. And Clark is like rolling his eyes in the background. Um, Lana and Whitney show up and Clark kind of stares directly at the necklace I always find it weird that like Lana walks up to Clark and he starts acting a little weird and, and, you know, sweating profusely or whatever. And she's always like, (laughs) Hey Clark, are you okay? And he's staring right at her chest every time. Her first (laughs) words are never Clark eyes are up here. Yeah. really (laughs) should be. Yeah, absolutely. At least once she should be like, Clark, stop staring at my tits. What's wrong with you? Why are you sweating? (laughs) You creep. So much. (laughs) <laughs> it's like that gif of uh, Jordan <laughs> yeah. Peele. Jordan Peele? Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. But, uh, so, uh, Lana notices his blank expression, though, and he, but he's totally fine. Uh, Whitney is putting together a pickup game in the gym, and Clark volunteers to uh, Pete's kind of surprise. And so there's kind of like a scene of them playing basketball in the gym and Clark's getting knocked around a little bit, but he actually is having a great time. Yeah. Yeah. This is um, one of those things that like in Superman stories where they remove his powers, that's always a little heartbreaking is how much you can see that Clark misses uh, or, or not even misses, but like misses out on the ability to fit in. Like he's yeah, getting pushed he, around and he's not good and he's sweating and he's getting like bruised and beat up, but he's also bonding more with Whitney than he ever has. He's right. laughing and smiling and he's just one of the guys. And then they lose at the end of it and he's like laughing away. And Pete looks at him and he's like, Clark, what are you laughing? Like, why are you smiling? We just lost. And Clark's like, I know, pretty cool, huh? Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, that's and a really good scene. It's a very and, good like, scene. They, they kind of shoehorn. Uh, the other guy onto Whitney's team, like the guy that is Holly's boyfriend. I didn't even notice. I'll be yeah. honest. <laughs> he's totally he's Whitney's honest. teammate. That makes yeah. sense, though. Yeah, but um, 
I guess that's kind of that's kind of it for that scene. But uh, in Metropolis, we actually meet Sir Harry for the first time. Ah, the plot thickens. And Lex is frustrating about having been kept waiting. Sir Harry announces that he just bought Cadmus Labs. And Lex kind of just shoots daggers at Victoria. And she's like completely silent this scene, basically. Like she doesn't really say anything. She kind of just sits there. Yeah. Um, it's and it, it's like uh Sir Harry kind of explains everything that happened. He's like, Oh, I had my daughter come and she was basically like rummaging through your all all your stuff and finding some family secrets and and uh yeah. we found out that you wanted Cadmus Labs, but we swept in and bought it out from under you. Ha ha. Yeah, and right before like he, he kind of bounces right away. Um and then Victoria's on her way out and Lex kind of stopping next to her just kind of whispers you know congratulating her on on what she did and then saying i hope it was worth it yeah the weird Um, thing in this scene is when sir harry leaves mm. he leaves and he beckons to uh uh jessica victoria victoria Victoria. he beckons to victoria but he doesn't even say let's go victoria he says come on girl yeah I'm like, what the dude? That is your daughter. Like, she has a fucking name, man. It's <laughs> well, such yeah. a weird, like, and I'm just wondering if, like, the actor forgot it, like, forgot the line or something. Uh, I think, and they were a, just I like, "That's great," because that's cold as hell, and we're just gonna keep it in. No, that's a that's a Sir Harry thing for sure. It's got to be. You like, think Sir Harry's just that much of a douchebag? He doesn't even know his daughter's name. His his daughter's a chess piece. That's true, actually. No, that's true. You have a good point. You have a yeah. good point. Means to an end. Anyway, yeah, so like, uh, the, we'll, we'll get back to that. But um, we see the exterior of the Talon Theater, and then inside, Lana's coming down the stairs for what will be far from the last time. Uh, Clark shows that's up. That's right. Get, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Get... L- Lana is about to birth the Talon. Everybody oh, yeah. get the forceps and open up. Like, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I mean, like, open up to, like, open up the talent and right. open up to the possibilities. Right. All the possibilities. Oh, so many storylines coming. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not many, really, actually. Many. It's just kind of a, a place to hang out. It, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a set. They're, they're building a new set. Yeah, yeah. They've got, I basically, at this point, Smallville's probably been renewed for a second season. So they've gotten more budget money. So they're just like, okay, we can build more sets. What are we going to build? A coffee shop for Lana. Yeah, let's turn the beanery into something a little bigger. We want Remy Zero to be on a stage one of these times. <laughs> It'll happen. It'll happen. Uh, yeah, but Clark shows up and we get like another st- we get another story about Lana's parents. This is where we get the backstory of the theater. Oh, I thought it had already happened. Okay, this makes sense. The, the weirdest thing about this is like lana goes into her weird emotional monologuing that she always does like distant stare and everything and it's like lana it's not your story you weren't there for this one no yeah she's like conjuring memories of something that she only heard about yes yeah it's very and i mean like i you can romanticize about stuff like that i guess especially if it's coming from your dead parents but like again she was like three years old when they died. She told them, or they told her, the story right. of their meeting. Right. Well, Nell Nell has 
basically told her everything, and maybe she read it somewhere too. I don't know. She does knows. have her mom's journal, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess Clark. Uh, Clark's kind of reason for being there is he kind of admits he needs to borrow her English notes because he fell asleep in class. Um, and then she kind of points out that whatever is going on with him lately is kind of nice, and he says something like, "I woke up and realized I can't control everything." Another one of those weird things is that you see in, in like the gym, like the 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 basketball scene, and then you see in this mm. one as well that Clark's got nothing to hide anymore. So he's, right. he really lets his guard down. Like Lana responds to him a lot better in this scene than she has in almost every previous scene. Yeah, she says something to the effect of the fact that he doesn't look like he's carrying the weight of the world anymore. Yeah. And they really yeah. should have wrote, uh, you don't look like you're carrying the weight of the planet, but mm, whatever, the planet. whatever, <laughs> better have me in the uh, writing room next time, Smallville. Well, and, you know, who knows when they, when they bring it back, uh, after crisis is a massive hit because of them, uh, you know, we'll be there for the writer's room. I won't, I'm to totally interested to see what DC does next. I'd love it to be a Superman show. Yeah. I, I'm starting to wonder, uh, this is maybe f for uh, like a like a, another speculation podcast as we get closer to Crisis, but I think that Justin Hartley might be coming back to put on the Green Arrow. That but, would be great. That would be great. Yeah. Two arrows, let's do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's already going to be more arrows because uh, you haven't seen the beginning of uh No, I haven't. Eight. I haven't yeah. seen anything so yet. So I, I, won't, I won't say anything else, but, you know, other plant, other, other Earths. Anyway, uh, back to our actual <laughs> show. <laughs> uh, so Eric gets home and is confronted by his parents about his abilities. And when his dad threatens him, he kind of just throws him against the wall and like holds him like a foot off the ground and tells him that he's just going to do whatever he wants. Well, but I mean, it's like it, it's very weird. Or is this before or does this happen before the high school thing, the thing at school? Oh yeah, yeah. This happens first. Like he okay, okay. No, yeah. So this happens first. So it's very weird though because he comes home. His parents have found like Chloe's article in the paper, right? And they like start talking to him about like his mom's obviously al already still like worried and nervous. Right. Um. Although I don't think she at this point really understands the extent of his powers. And then right. his dad essentially starts talking about how he sold him into medical experimentation. Right. It's, yeah, we're gonna find. We're, he's gonna talk. He has a friend. He has a friend at like the uh, at Metropolis University or something. Yeah, and and, and he wants to do to you, or he wants to talk to you. It was and and Eric's just like, what do you what do you mean talk to me? He wants to do tests on me, and that is really some cold stuff. And it's really great. And I have this note later on for, and I can't remember um, what the actual conversation is, but this is the difference between Clark being raised by the Kents, Jonathan and Martha, and yeah. anybody else with Clark's powers being raised by anybody else. Is It's Jonathan and Martha make a massive difference into how Clark turns out because they do help shape the morality of who he is. Yeah, it answers the question of nature versus nurture. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the, that's the note I had for that. But um, I guess he kind of drops his dad and blurs out. But in the next scene, he's adopted the uh, plus one le leather trench of teen angst. 
uh, which again, very weird because at some point, our like titular hero wears almost mm-hmm. the exact same outfit. Yeah, and then also Lex also like rocks the leather trench when he uh-huh. is like in other you know possess when he's in a possessed state. Yes, at some point. But uh, he's basically he's blasting Bone Cracker by Sho- by Shokor. It's yeah. I, I don't, don't get me wrong. Like a lot of the the music that they place in these episodes, number one is Warner Brothers doing it at the time to sell CDs. I'll I'll oh, bet absolutely. you dollars to donuts. Ninety nine percent of the music that shows up in Smallville are all Warner Brothers musical acts. Um, and then again, we like we got into doing the talent mix and whatever. And I, I don't necessarily miss 90s music. A lot of this is eye-rolling for me, but every time something comes on, I'm like, yeah. It's like, yeah, all right. I mean, they, they play it for, it's it's to set up a tone. Because he goes yeah. to, over to where Holly and Brent are sitting and just asks her out right in front of him. And Brent, like, gets up, shoving Eric a few times. Um, and like they get over, like they're in the parking lot basically. And Eric lashes out and just smashes the mirror off of a truck. And like the crowd is gathering. Brent is kind of trying to hide. And he's like running away and he tries to get, hide under another truck. And Eric just kind of lifts it onto two wheels and then flips it away. And Which like I'm how many hoping, people could have been killed? Yeah, I, I'm hoping that that was number one, the dude's truck. Because at this point yeah. you're bringing other people's shit into your your conflict. Which you've created, by the way. Like, at this point, the tables flip and you no longer, like, okay, jock guy was probably a bit of an asshole. Or a lot Mm -hmm. of an asshole. But you've already proven that your punch can shatter metal and glass. Right. And And then you flip a truck. And then you flip a truck. Like, at this point, you're the bad guy. Yeah. And he cornered, he finally, like, like, Brent's trying to get away. He kind of blurs over to him and then throws him through a table. Uh, and Clark is like, out of all of the people there, Clark is the only person that really tries to intervene, but he gets tossed himself like yes. onto the roof of a car. And you'd think like he would just be so fucked up. That is that. an amazing stunt. Yeah. For, for something so simple, just like a dude landing on a car, that like looks like it hurt a lot. Yeah. And yeah. I was, I watched it specifically looking to like, oh, is it going to be a bad stunt double? It, it, it looks like Tom Welling. I don't think Tom Welling did that stunt. No, I don't think his, so. Whoever his stunt performer is. Is damn. really close. Yeah. Really close. Really yeah. close. But uh, like Holly kind of tells him to get like, she, Holly's kind of like over, over Brent, like t- telling him to get away from them, calls him a freak. And then he kind of, looks around at the crowd and everybody has this like like look of either fear or kind of hate in their eyes and so eric speeds away but uh this is kind of uh you know the next scene is at the hospital like clark is having his ribs bandaged and is shocked to learn uh it'll be a couple weeks to recover yeah because he has no idea what it's like to get hurt and then have to heal from it, yeah, at all. You're right. totally clueless. And the cans are freaked right out because they arrive and the doc suggests an x-ray. They're like, oh, no, 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 no. 
probably thinking to avoid raising suspicions because, you know, in case Kryptonians have extra ribs or diamond-shaped organs or some shit. Which is I, honestly a, a question I've never really thought to ask, to be completely honest. And it, and it makes sense. Have they ever had him examined in that way? Do they know what his physiology is? Right. Like, does he have, like, two stomachs? Two hearts? Is he a time two lord? Two hearts. Yeah. Like, like, they're, like, we never really get the x-ray, right? So it's, we never know. It's speculation. Everything is diamond-shaped, though, for sure. It's got to be diamond-shaped kidney, diamond-shaped lungs. Yeah. Clark says he feels like the abilities still feel like his responsibility, and so he wants to try to stop Eric. But it's said so close to, like, like he's saying this, I think, to... I can't remember which parent, but they're walking out of a hospital room and he's saying it so close to where Lex is walking that there's no way he couldn't have heard it. Oh, like I think Lex, totally Lex is didn't right outside that. the room. Like there, like Lex has to be deaf. <laughs> like, I mean, it's a hospital. It's a busy place. Probably pretty noisy. Uh, it, it's, this is a great scene. This is, um, going back to like the whole nature versus nurture Clark being raised by the Kents thing. I don't remember what the line was and I probably should have wrote it down. But my note on this, on like Jonathan talking to Clark at this point, is Jonathan Kent, Joe West, and Charles Ingalls have got to be the top TV dads of all time. And that means like two of the best TV dads that I can remember. Uh, Uncle yeah. Phil, sorry, I got to throw him in there. Um, Uncle Phil, for sure. But two of the best TV dads of all time are DC dads. And then I started to think like, does Marvel have any like really definitive father figures no because they all die they all kill them off right i mean unless you want to go into like end game where it's like tony stark yeah but right yeah damn damn anyway i just wanted to give a shout out to like the the, the awesome tv dads out there we see you yeah we know you're we know you're there i, I joe west is a very good call because joe that man has made, so me, te- has made me tear up multiple times oh my god man the number of times joe west has almost made me fucking cry and it's always joe it's it's yeah. like Barry in those interactions is always great, but it's Joe yeah. that really like gets on the heartstrings. Right. Yeah. No. Uh, TV dads, they're good, and Jonathan Kent's one of the good ones. Like he sets a pretty high bar. But uh, so oh, Lex uh, so shows shows up and like he sees that Clark is actually injured, and it's kind of throwing him off the scent a little bit here. Uh, and, uh, Lex, um, what does he say? Well, I, I know that Clark I, looks at him and he, and he's like, uh, Lex shows up and, and Clark says just basically, so you want to take me outside and hit me with your car again? You, yeah. You know, something. Something. yeah. And, cause he's obviously like screwed up. He's got bandages around his ribs. He's bleeding from the forehead and he's like, is this enough right. proof? to you Lex or do you like and Clark is at this point having a bad day you know right. and he's like losing his well, temper a little bit and he's like why yeah. are you here are you here to see you know if I'm actually hurt you want to take me outside and hit me with your car again and I just like that little bit of impatience from Clark yeah Lex apologizes and he kind of jokingly claim it claims temporary temporary insanity yeah and Clark's yeah. just like temporary yeah yeah 
But yeah, they kind of end they end off on a better spot than when they walked in. Um, this is where Eric arrives at home, and his parents are afraid uh, of him, and his dad is brandishing like a five iron or something at him, <laughs> insisting that he take responsibility. As kind of right at that moment, we start to hear sirens coming, and he looks outside to see the sheriffs arriving, and Eric's like, "You." You called the cops? You're supposed to protect me, Dad. Which is, yeah, good point. Uh, uh, I mean, like... I, I, the, the weird thing about this situation is you've spent the entire episode making sure that I know that the dad's an asshole. Right. Therefore, like... Eric's villain turn, his heel turn, even though it's pretty bad and extreme, is just kind of understandable because what else is he going to do? You know what I mean? Like he's he's been kind of uh, shit on, and you would assume abused. Like his dad's going to backhand him, blindside backhand him at the dinner table, at the breakfast table. You have to assume it's not the first time he's done it. And he does right. it so casually that you have to assume that it's probably happened often. So it's it's hard for me to really totally hate on Eric as far as being a bad guy. And it's nearly impossible for me to sympathize with the dad at the point where Eric's like, no, 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 no. I get yeah. to teach you a lesson now. And that's the thing is like the dad's really the only side of this we really get because the mom is basically not even a character. Yeah, no, she's just like frightened, which. Yeah. I mean, she's honestly probably been abused, too. Yeah, I mean, if he's uh, tossing out slaps like that. Yeah, and if she she does kind of have that, like, abused housewife thing to her. She's very meek and quiet and kind of, like, keeps to herself and and always is always trying to diffuse the situation so right, it doesn't right. escalate. So, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Not great. Smuggle, uh, but pretty fucking dark. No. Uh, so we cut over to the farm and Clark is kind of in the kitchen. He's like, uh, like questioning if they were ever afraid of him. Um, to which he's kind of told that there he was a good kid aside from a few like temper tantrums. And it would be like really nice to see like what Clark was like as a little kid. Like between those ages of like, because we see a lot of the baby Clark and then him as obviously in Smallville as a teenager. But we never really get to see that age like what what's an eight-year-old clark like yeah well i I mean i think the the whole thing is even though we were talking about nature versus nurture is a a big understanding about clark's nature is that he's just kind of inherently good right he's very good he's very even-tempered he's very so i would assume the days that clark did throw a tantrum would be you know the terrible twos threes fours like infant time right and I agree. I'd like to see like a little infant Superman just like losing his shit because the tag on his shirt is itching or something. Clark's told at eight years old that he can't go to a sleepover at Pete's house and just loses his temper and throws a tractor or something. Yeah. Yeah. Rips a wall out of the house. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But um, so while this is happening, Martha shows up and reveals that like the cops were after Eric and they couldn't stop him. Uh, Clark wants to take responsibility to stop him and thinking 
maybe, you know, if he has all of his uh, strengths, he probably has his weaknesses. And, yeah. like, the Kents obviously know better than to try to talk him out of it. Like, they try to, and then they are obviously just like, you know what, he's going to do what he's going to do. Uh, and this is I where... also think that, they, that the Kents probably understand that if anybody has a chance to slow down or stop or or uh, um, convince Eric to at least, you know, turn the other cheek. If anybody has a chance, it would be the person who grew up with these powers and knows what Eric's going through. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. And and I think that's where they, you know, let him go. Uh, Lex uh, meets with the Hardwicks again, the same same building. Um, But it turns out that they've been outplayed because Lex uh, kind of planted the Cadmus stuff, knowing that Cadmus was, like, about to drop. And basically, like, they bought something that's useless. They spent a bunch of money on nothing, and it left them ripe for a hostile takeover. Yeah, which is so good. Yeah, yeah. And so Sir Harry gets the hell out of there again, but uh, not before Lex uh, says, "That's what you get for trusting family." We'll be acquiring your fam. We'll 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 be acquiring your company in the morning. And then uh, I don't uh, I don't remember what the line is. He does but... a really good takedown of Victoria too. It's basically she's like, "Oh, it was just business," and he says, "If sleeping me was just biz- with me was just business." I hate to think what that makes you. Yeah, then what does that make you? He's like, essentially, like... Yeah. He basically, he called her a whore. But and he did it in, like, a very subtle, way less vulgar way. Yeah. And he you still can see gets slapped. just like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, she's not... She doesn't accept it, but she's no. just like, I guess you're right? Yeah. I mean, again... He gets a slap for it, which is earned, but, you know. Uh, and uh, at the Talon, Clark visits Alana again. And you'd think, like, of all the places, like, this is this doesn't make sense to me. Like, this part is kind of unnecessary, but it's like, of all the places in town he could get a meteor rock, he has to go get her necklace. Like, it's so crazy. Well, that she even and lets I totally him understand it. that, but it, it's, I think it's... It's the one place he knows for a fact he can find one right now. Right, yeah. But she muses, you know, like, she's musing about what it would be like to wake up with powers. And then, like, but he borrows the necklace, right? And uh, tells her he'll get it back to her. But he kind of, he's kind of acting like he might never see her again. It's a very weird scene. Because he's... It's he does this like he's alluding to the fact that he's going to probably go and die. Right. And she just lets him walk. Right. She doesn't ask right. what's going on. She well, I mean, I think she does, but he does just doesn't come clear. But she just kind of lets him go. She doesn't like I I'll contact the authority. She doesn't she just lets him go. No. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, yeah. All right. Well, it's yeah, it's like a really heavy scene, and then he right he like kisses her on the cheek before he leaves. And um, I get it, Clark. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Christian at Crook, the man. Summers. Oof. Yeah. At the at the Sorry. Summers residence, he uh, we see like 
they're going to need to do some serious renos for sure. Uh, mostly to get the car out of their second floor. <laughs> like there's a cop car sticking out of the roof. Speaking of those tantrums we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. Might make a good skylight though, actually, you know. But uh, You could build onto it, build a balcony yeah. or something now. He, uh, Clark really quickly talks to Eric's parents um, to get kind of an idea of where he went. And he arrives at the uh, at the dam just to see Eric do his best Ezio off a dam. And like Clark's like, oh shit. But um, obviously he, he figures he's going to be unhurt. But on the ground kind of near like the bottom of the dam where the kind of electric transformers and stuff are, Clark confronts him. See, no, oh, oh, oh. okay. So he doesn't necessarily know he's going to be all right. He no. just says, I figured I- I'm this deep in. I might as well test the extent. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I-, I just wanted to see if I would be hurt. Now, this is like kind of going full circle to the beginning of the episode where he was right. standing on the edge, but this time he actually jumps. So I have to go back to the very beginning of this episode and go, was he going to jump off the dam? Maybe. I mean, let's... I think he was thinking of it. Yeah, maybe he was. And it just happened, just so happened that Clark saved him when his uh, his plan was to die anyway. Yeah. But, uh, so, but, but again, like, that's the thing, is he's, like, Eric is despairing over everything that these powers have cost him. And Clark is like, I get it. <laughs> um, but, uh, like, Eric doesn't really want to hear much of it. Uh, Clark gets tossed through the fenced-off power transformer area. And kind of Eric is approaching. Uh, he asks what Clark would do with powers. And uh, I think he says something to the effect of, like, stop people like you. Yes. But... Eric rips loose like an electric cable, like a thick cable, and goes to just fry Clark with it. And uh, they kind of they kind of Highlander, and everything swaps back. Yeah, yeah. Clark's got the necklace in his hand, and he, as Eric's like going to hit him with the electric cable or whatever, Clark makes sure that the necklace is in the middle. Um, right. I think this is the scene where like we see it turn white. Oh, I totally missed it then. I was writing notes because I was writing down like how Clark, no powers, nothing. Right. Legitimately goes to confront someone who will smash him into dust. And it doesn't, he doesn't hesitate to do it. And it's just like, uh, yeah. uh, he says something to, um, uh, 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 Sean Ashmore. At one point yeah. says, there's nothing on this earth can that can stop me. And Clark is the thing. He like he no yeah. powers, no anything. We've already established that. But that's what makes Clark Superman to me, is he's like, there's you that's you think there's nothing on this earth that can stop you, but you should be the thing on earth that is stopping you. And then he yeah. just jumps into the middle of danger anyway. Like, oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's really good. Uh but yeah, again. Uh, like they swap back, Clark's cut vanishes, uh, and then the kryptonite starts to hurt again. So he like gets it back into the box. And, and Sean Ashmore's last line is so cold, so cold. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Like ice? Mm. Do you feel like, mm. ice, like ice, John? Yeah. Mm. Is Are it you like ice? Man. <laughs> uh, uh, I love but, the Ash Wars. I really do, actually. Yeah. But talking like like Eric is being loaded into the ambulance. Uh, he's talking to the, uh, his parents and Clark says Eric didn't get his two strongest gifts. Which he means his parents. Aww. And I will say this, though. And, and it, it kind of just dawned on me just in this episode. Is that, like, even, like, as much as I loved Smallville on the first run and, and all the times I've rewatched a season or two here and there since its original airing, I've really undervalued and underappreciated Tom Welling. Yeah. Like, it's... it's And it's not, it's not that I... Like, I, I've never thought he was bad. I would never thought this or that. I just kind of generally accepted him as Clark Kent. So mm. I don't really give Tom Welling the credit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm watching Smallville, and I'm watching The Adventures of Clark Kent when mm. he was in high school. So I, I, I very, I gave very little appreciation to the actor underneath the actor behind the scenes and Tom Welling generally just fucking kills it as Clark Kent. Yeah. Yeah, no, he does a great job. I've actually listened. I listened to both of the episodes that he was on Rosenbaum's podcast. Oh, I do have to go back and track those down. Yes. They're really good talks, but uh, yeah, those are good. He also had like Stephen Amell and a bunch of other people, but uh uh what's what's next oh yeah there's the uh the talk where lex is talking to lionel uh sarcastically thanking him for the compliment well it's because he's talking to lionel and lionel's like hey good job on uh, uh orchestrating that takeover uh we don't have to worry about that company anymore and lex is like oh well thank you for acknowledging i did that uh i was just or his dad was like uh yeah i'm just reading the article and the write-up on it right now in whatever like the wall street journal um, Right. And Lex like, oh, do I do I get a mention this time? And he's like, yeah, they, somewhere in the third paragraph, which is like such a kick in the balls. Like Lex did all of it. Yeah. And only yeah. gets a, one mention in the third paragraph. It's tricky, though, because then like he hangs up and Nixon comes in and Lex calls off the investigation and deems the Kents off limits. But Nixon tiles him something else. And we see Lionel and Victoria in the midst of something. Coitus. Certainly. Certainly Coitus. seems like Coitus. Um, we assume, anyway. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, they're kissing. Whatever. And, yeah. and like, they're kissing, and, the, and the, the, the framing of the camera is that it's blurred out to the point where you don't really see anything under the shoulders. And the cameras or the, the pictures held at such an angle that it seems like someone's lying on top of someone else. So right. it's suggestive. Yeah. It's a, a suggestive photo. Um, but uh, at the Talon, uh, Clark gives the gift of lead poisoning and uh, Lana <laughs> takes it to mean that she shouldn't wear her necklace anymore. Yeah, pretty. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such a weird, like, the, weird interactions. Um, yeah. But yes, yeah, so he totally gifts Lana the um, uh, ancient antique armor chest uh which is lex's rightful property right uh, doesn't ever think about giving it back to lex well uh, lex gave it to him did he not 
Did he give it? Oh, I guess he did lend it to him for some reason, but I thought, like, right. wouldn't you assume lent. that? Yeah. Yeah, lent. I lent it to you because it's a priceless artifact. Right. Uh, you would think that Clark would think about giving it back to him at some point, but no, he's just, I'm just going to re-gift it to Lana. Right. Which is why I still don't think that that I, I mean I'll have to go back after we're done this and double check to see if if this is the episode that clears the necklace. I just don't see why he would put it back in the box. Right. Well, I think it's still like it. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he thought. And don't I, you? Think, I, I guess Lana opens it up for a second and takes a look. Right. Don't you think she would open it up and go, "Um, this hey. is not mine. This is this is clear. Mine is green." Yeah, yeah. I think maybe maybe it must not be this one. Because, yeah, it is still in the box for a reason. But That's uh, my thought, anyway. Yeah, I, I just don't remember clearly or not whether it was. Again, I was this probably writing notes, folks, when you're when you're watching an episode of something and also writing notes. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, you have to look away from the screen and you're going to miss something. Or you have to pause every time you want to write a note. And then it takes you two hours to watch a one-hour episode. <laughs> That that is basically pretty true. Like it's like more, it's twice as long to uh, write the notes for the show as it is to watch it. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, so we're doing work, people. Yeah. Uh, but it's not really work though. Cause, I'm not you know, like I'm not digging ditches over here. You know. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's the digging ditches of podcasts. <laughs> uh. He offers, but uh, Clark offers to, like, walk her home. Um, but she's meeting Whitney. Uh, and so we see Clark walking alone down the street into the credits. They really should have played, like, the original, like, Incredible Hulk sad walking away music. Doom, doom, doom. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Fun episode. Yeah. Good episode. Like you said, it's uh, at the very beginning. It's... These like trading places episodes are really good for a number of reasons to see what people would do with Clark's powers, to see how Clark reacts without powers, to see what the difference is between right. Clark and somebody else, you know, given that kind of because I mean, it's one of those things and you must have speculated. We're, look, 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 we're all friends here. Let's be honest. Right. For a second. We've all thought about what it would be like if we were Superman. Right. I think about it more often than I would like to admit. <laughs> but I, like, thought, I, I, I might have thought about it today, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's one of those things, like, I think about it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I think, I think I'd probably do, I'd probably be pretty good. I'd probably, like, I would definitely, like, fight crime and, and try to solve the world's problems or whatever. But I'd also 100% use it to my advantage. Yeah. So... Yeah. I would not be as good as Clark Kent. I can guarantee you that. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, that's, uh, I mean, the episode's good and we got another good one next week. Actually, I think Ep episode 12 is, uh, da, 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 da. episode 12. This was called leech leech, yeah, which makes more leech. sense than hug made because someone exactly. Yeah. Hug made no sense at all. yeah. Um, yeah, that was, great. that was really fun. I enjoyed it a lot. Paul. Yeah what happens on the yeah. next episode so yeah our next episode episode 13 uh kinetic another title that doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense but uh what we have here is whitney falls in with the wrong crowd ex-jocks turned thieves whose kryptonite saturated tattoos 
alter their molecular structure so they can pass through walls and rob banks and Alexa's mansion with ease. Oh, we are going to get some 90s era design tattoos, folks. Get ready for a lot of vaguely Celtic design work. And there's there is definitely at least one barbed wire tattoo as well. Oh, I didn't even notice, but it doesn't surprise me whatsoever. Um, next episode is fun. There's it's good fun. moments in it for sure. Yeah, it's not a good. Uh, it's not a good one. Uh, it's a fun. It's it's a. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to insult Big Turk, but it's a. It's one where you'd sit down with a Big Turk and you just watch it. You know, it's. You yeah. you would enjoy the Big Turk much much more. Much more than the episode. Much more. Yeah. Big Turk's got more it, substance. It's an enhancement is what it is. Ladies and gentlemen, this episode has not been brought to you by Big Turk. Um, yeah, likely, on. likely never will. Well, but we can always dream. We could become the biggest Big Turk podcast. Like their sales. <laughs> will, their sales spike. Big Turk episode one day. Just so, <laughs> <laughs> like 100% dedicated to Big Turk. <laughs> uh. Oh man, I hope somewhere in like the ten seasons of Smallville that we watch that there's at least one character named Turk. Oh, there's gotta be. There better be. be. Well, we'll um, see. Anyway, I think that's it. I think that's that, that's it. I think we're done. Uh ladies and gentlemen, thank you for uh joining us. Um as always, <clears throat> you can follow us on your podcast service of choice. Uh, we generally record and upload on Anchor, so you can follow us there. Also a great little app if you'd like to leave us voice messages or text messages or anything like that. We actually get a lot of our um, uh, listener data from Anchor. They kind of get all the podcast services together so we can see what percentages we use and and we can see where everybody is from. Basically, our listenership right now is uh, split pretty evenly between the U.S. and Canada, and we've got a little bit of people over across the pond in the U.K. and uh, a few people in South America. So we love you all. We've gone global. Um, global. And uh, you can also get a hold of us at uh, Twitter, at Save Us Pod. Um, our email, which is, Paul, help me out, Save us pod at gmail.com. There you go. And uh, I think that's it. So, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, somebody save us.